Yo, welcome to the Meeting 3 Leadership Podcast. If it's your first time to the table, welcome, welcome. Glad that you decided to join us. Pull up a seat, grab a plate, make yourself at home. Hope you brought your appetite because you know how we do it in the Carolinas. We eat good around here. The investment is doable and the portions are generous. So if you leave hungry, that's on you. Episode 3. Very, very, very excited to be welcoming to the table my good buddy, William Qualkenbush. What's going on, brother? That was a few too many varies for the audience. <laughs> that might have that set the table a little too nice for us here today, but I'm glad to be here, my man. It's, it's always good to talk to you. Well, normally, well, I think part of the, my excitement, especially with this one, is because usually the roles are reversed. I'm <laughs> on your show, and you're the one doing the interviewing, so I consider it an honor to be able to... Uh, switch seats for a little bit. That's kind of cool. Uh, I I kind of thought about that. Like I don't I don't do a whole lot of interviews, but when I do, I always think like it, it makes me a better question asker mm-hmm. to know what it's like to be on the other side. So I like the experience, and uh, I know you're gonna ask me some real good questions. So yep. um, and, and and we always ask each other good questions. Always, that, that's what it's makes it fun. Really good conversation. And I think that was you know one of the reasons why I immediately thought of you as one of the guests for this podcast, but. Uh, as is customary, I've been asking everybody, um, to the best of your knowledge, do you remember the first time we met? The two of us, uh, and, it, and I, it could be a case where you met me and I don't remember, <laughs> so that's why I say to the best of your knowledge. Well, I know that at some point, it might have been when you were a freshman or sophomore, I can't remember, at Clemson. Mm-hmm. I, there are several of these stories where I meet people because of the job, right? Sure. So I worked for uh, Clemson Sports Information. I did three and a half years as a student and two and a half years as a GA. And one of the things we did was we would write. Mm-hmm. And I know I did a profile of you for the Orange Experience magazine that we do at Clemson mm-hmm. um, that goes out to, or used to go out to all the um, Ipte uh, donors at the time. And it was Behind the Goggles, I think was mm-hmm. the name. It was a cover story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first time that we actually sat down and talked. Um, but I knew, I remember the story of you being recruited to Clemson and sort of a late add to that recruiting class and thinking like, well, this is kind of interesting. Like, mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of in-state guys. Mm-hmm. You certainly don't get a lot of in-state guys that you're adding late right. that had some of the offers that you had. So I was very intrigued. And then the first time I saw you dunk a basketball, I mean, <laughs> I was a fan from afar. And then yeah. getting, I think probably um, the time when I got to talk to you, probably the best one-on-one was when you spoke at Cold Wars, our church yeah. YouTube event. So, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that's when I started to really get to know your heart and mm-hmm. what makes you go and, and what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we kind of started to bond a little bit. I really think Color Wars, at least from my memory, was probably one of the one of those moments, like you said, where like the friendship got deeper, whether than it wasn't just acquaintances passing by. And like you said, you being in the sports arena, you know, and sports media and things like that. So uh, for the people who don't know you the way that I've known you, gotten to know you, how would you introduce yourself um, based on what you do, who you are, all that stuff? Uh, I am William Parkenbush. I'm 28 years old. Uh, I'm about to be 29 in just a few weeks. Um, I graduated from Clemson twice in December 2010 and uh, in May of 2013 with two degrees. I'm very grateful for that. I do sports radio here um, in Clemson. It's on a station that reaches uh, past Greenville and into parts of Georgia and North Carolina. In fact, I listened uh, quite a bit, you know, quite a ways into Georgia, going uh, going down the road for um, to, to call a baseball game. Uh, I could I could pick up our station 
several miles across the border. Mm -hmm. um, but we reach a lot of people, and it's a Clemson-centric station. Our show is very broad. Uh, the name of our show is Out of Bounds with Quawk. That's me and Kelly, Kelly Gramlich, who I also met doing a magazine profile mm -hmm. when she was a freshman. I was in grad school. Mm -hmm. um, she's a former uh, Clemson women's basketball player, mm -hmm. and uh, we broadcast every day, 12 to 3, Monday to Friday, and it's awesome to do that. Um, and we're online streaming WCCPFM.com, and we reach across the globe in many respects. I also do, um, I'm part of the Tiger Tailgate Show, which is uh, the pregame before football games. I have a halftime role and a postgame role with, with football as well. And I do play-by-play -play for Clemson women's basketball and then a good bit of play-by-play -play for Clemson baseball. So that's what people know me from. I am a writer by nature too. I love to write. And um, I'm kind of I'm not doing that now. Just the demands of radio. Sure. I mean, you saw me. Look, we yeah. full disclosure. Be nice and I were roommates for two years, mm -hmm. and so you saw me burning the oil, midnight oil, five a.m. oil, mm -hmm. whatever oil you yeah. want to be burning. <laughs> That's what I was burning to, to make sure I got all my writing done. And so I'm not yeah. doing as much of that. But every now and then I get sucked into a, a few projects. Um, I'm a, I, I, I use the term like a recovering pastor, but that's not really right. I did part-time youth ministry and worship mm -hmm. ministry, and I still like to dabble in that too. And, um, that's, that's how I'd introduce myself to people. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a brother of three siblings that all live within just a few miles. In fact, my whole family, if you're familiar with the upstate, we all live in Seneca now, but I graduated from Daniel High School, which is a rival across the lake. <laughs> right. So um, we all sort of went to Daniel, but we all live in Seneca now. My parents live in Seneca. My dad's a pastor mm. at a Baptist church about two minutes from my house. And my mom is a, a math teacher. Mm. All my siblings are teachers and coaches. They were all better athletes than me. Yeah. And so I now talk about sports and they played and coached <laughs> uh, or they coach now longer than, you know, their careers lasted longer than mine. Sure. So, that's uh that's kind of my background that's where i come yeah. from so what i guess let's go ahead and start here since you know you definitely have a heavy media um focus you know experience wise and all that um what is it that draws you to um writing to broadcasting what are what are some things that i guess you've noticed in yourself uh, Ability-wise, and then also your passion for being able to just be around it. It's really funny. Like um, I remember when I first started doing women's basketball, I was nervous. Mm -hmm. This was like three years ago, and um, my mom. Uh, before that, I was talking to my parents about it, just the anxiety of it. And I said, you know, this is my first basketball game, and my mom was like, no, it's not. And I said, well, what are you talking about? Like, are you remembering something that I not? <laughs> like, did I just forget a day? What is this? And she said, no, you've been calling games since you were eight. And that's true. I, I used to, uh, and quite honestly, this is, um, this is me probably saying too much, but I, I still will do this from time to time. You probably heard me from time to time. Sometimes <laughs> I get bored with the video game. Yes. I'll mute or turn down the volume on the video game and yes. call it myself. Yes. I've been doing that since like 3D Baseball 95, NBA <laughs> Jam Extreme, picking yeah. up stuff from Marv Albert. I love watching games and listening to games and picking up little things mm -hmm. about how people say things, about how, um, you know, about how, uh, like, the game's communicated. I mm -hmm. love that. I listen to Marty Brenneman, who's, um, I would say, probably my greatest radio influence because yep. I call games a lot, like he calls Reds, uh, mm -hmm. Cincinnati Reds baseball games. And uh, I, just, I just picked up a lot of those things along the way. And my, my dad always tells a story that I've, I've basically never shut up. Like as soon as I came out of the womb, I was chatty. And then I started talking like 18 months in mm -hmm. sentences. 
Um, I would like watch Jeopardy with my parents when I was mm-hmm. a kid and, and uh, hum the song. I mean, like I've just always been sort of that person that loved to be around people and that mm-hmm. loved to talk. And the more I started sort of watching like Sports Center, I'd watch Rich Eisen and Stuart Scott when I was younger, and I loved how they communicated and how much fun that was. Mm-hmm. I would um, I would go, uh, I'd sort of go in the sports section during summers. I remember doing this, and my mom had a typewriter. This is when we had a computer, but it was easier to just do it on the typewriter because mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. And I'd go to the typewriter, and I would type up like box scores like it would be done in the paper, which is where the writing stuff comes in. Yeah. And then I would like recreate the highlights in my head that I had seen three times on Sports Center that morning and go through that. Um, I was always a guy who, like if we were going to play wiffle ball, I wanted to have rosters. Like we needed rosters <laughs> and who's playing what and yeah. where is it. And if we don't have nine, then we're each going to be three people and let's go to work. Like mm-hmm. if we're going to play Nerf basketball in the house, mm-hmm. we're going uh, to have teams and we're going to have leagues and we're going <laughs> to do standings yeah. because that's how this is going to work. And so I've always been like that. Like I, I, I don't really know how to be like a kid and enjoy sports. I've always been really serious about sure. the media aspect and the, especially the communication of it. And also the sort of the execution of it. Yeah, I never really, I never really was the kid who just innocently would just like go play t-ball and not worry about the score. I used mm-hmm. to, my coaches would tell me that we tied, and I would tell them they were wrong because I had kept up with the score the whole game. Like I, my parents have great stories about that. <laughs> so I've, I've always had this, you know what I mean? Like yeah. some some people have a really innocent relationship with their hobbies. Sure. And I have a really serious one. Yeah. And so as I started getting more serious, I, I got into a broadcasting class my sophomore year yeah. um, in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was only, I think I was the only sophomore. There might have been one more in there. They just started it. And so I did that for three years. Got to do um, a lot of stuff editing-wise and on-camera-wise and creative-wise. It really helped me. And then I remember uh, going and visiting Clemson and Eddie Smith, who's mm-hmm. a comp yep. professor we know him. Um, he convinced me that I could go to Clemson and not South Carolina or Winthrop, which have better broadcast journalism programs, and still do the things I wanted to do. Right. So my sophomore year at Clemson, there wasn't sports talk on um, on the campus radio station, 88.1 there uh, in Clemson. And my only sports radio experience from that point had been two phone calls to national radio that me and my buddy made riding down the road in his truck in high school. <laughs> and one hour of radio on the same station I work at now that my grandpa bought at an auction between my junior and senior year of high school. So I, I really, I was curious about it. I knew I wanted to call games. I had done some PA work at Clemson and at the high school and rec level um, for a lot of years, um, even by the time I got to college. But I wanted to just dabble in radio just to see. Sure. And so I contacted the general manager at the college station and he said, you're in luck. We have not done sports radio. We don't really have a, a way to do that with our bylaws and how the station's constituted. But there's another guy that's also interested. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you guys two hours a week mm-hmm. in the morning, and you just go nuts. Do whatever you want to do. And yeah. so I was part of a show for about six months. The other guy left, and so it was mine for about two years. I produced, ran the board. I had to uh, figure out content. It was two hours with two minutes of PSA per hour. So I had an hour and 56 minutes to talk in a two-hour show yeah. at 7 a.m., sometimes on Thursday, sometimes on Fridays, with who knows who's listening. Right. So I set up a Twitter account then, and so I was very early on in Twitter. I was able to establish a presence there and just kind of do my own thing and, and dab a little bit. I, a lot of credit to Clemson, too. They started doing TigerCast, mm-hmm. which 
like ACC Network Extra, watch ESPN, those kind of things. TigerCast was Clemson's very early version of that. So I got to call a lot of games. I'm probably not qualified to do a lot of tennis, a lot of <laughs> soccer, things like that. Yeah. And the opportunities have just grown, grown from there. And every step along the way, it's funny how, like, and I know a lot of this stuff is leadership, but I, I think in, when you're building good cultures, you need yeah. to have cultures where people can explore. Absolutely. And you need to have cultures where people can succeed and fail mm-hmm. so that they can figure out what they do and don't want to do. Mm-hmm. For instance, on this same journey, I get to be a GA, Tim Beret, the greatest sports information director who ever lived, yes. in my opinion. Yeah. What an awesome, <laughs> awesome guy. He took a chance on me. That's another story. We don't have time sure. to podcast. No, 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 you're good. That, you're good. <laughs> that's a long story and a great story about how I got there and a lot of people involved in that process. But I started working for him as a freshman and then went to grad school and was an assistant with him. And one of the things I found out very quickly is I do not want to do this with my life. Like this mm-hmm. is not something I want to do. I'd much rather do this other stuff, the radio and some of yeah. those things I was doing. So I think that's so cool that Clemson was a place where I got to do things I want to do and figure out, is yeah. this something I want to do or not? And the answer is yes. Sometimes you ask that question and the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And you need to be allowed and free to do that too and make some mistakes along the way. And I'm just, I'm very grateful for opportunities to kind of, I know this is a long answer to your question, but opportunities along the way to kind of explore these little things in my character where I love to communicate and mm-hmm. I love to be part of an experience of sharing a sport, a sporting event with people. Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out how to make that work. It's been really cool. How do you, you know, I think a lot of people have, you know, awareness of what their uh, hobbies are, what their passions are and things like that. And it definitely sounds like you, you know, gave yourself the opportunities to explore, as you said. Um, What does it look like to have or to develop courage along the way? Like courage to say this is what I want and I'm going to pursue this or even the courage to say like, Hey, I'm appreciative of that opportunity, but this isn't where I want to be. I think in this particular, uh, sort of instance, I think you've got to be okay with being embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And I say that more privately than publicly because like, I'll go back to what my mom said. A lot of the things that normally you would be nervous about on air I worked out in the privacy of my basement or my mm-hmm. bedroom or something else yeah. when I was a kid, when I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, when I was 11, I put that I wanted to play in the NBA. And you're looking at a six-foot white guy <laughs> with very limited athleticism and basically only a jump shot. Like, mm-hmm. I got a brain, but sometimes <laughs> that's not in a brain. A jump shot ain't going to get you too far, be nice. Sure. So I, so I, I changed my mind. In seventh mm-hmm. grade, I, I did not put NBA player on my middle school, uh, you know, whatever you want to be in 10 years thing. Mm-hmm. And I put sports broadcaster Mm -hmm. and so the things that I did there um you know from that point on were with that in mind I spoke to a high school group of seniors Mm -hmm. at a local high school here just a couple weeks ago and one of the things I told them is that some of you are going to change your major or change your career path multiple times I don't know how to relate to that because I knew what I was going to do at a very basic level when I was in elementary school I knew what I was shooting toward because of what my strengths were and things that other people had identified in me and sort of pushed me on that path or said, you know, you're going to be, you know, a broadcast, you're going to be on ESPN one day. I would hear that in elementary school. And then in middle school, I really haven't wavered from that. It's taken on different forms over time, but it's not like I've had to, you know, I've had to wrestle with like, what do you want to become after maybe the point where I decide I want to go to Clemson because that was a big thing. Can I do 
what I want to do at Clemson. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people that don't have that. And so I think it limits me in terms of my ability to relate to people as they pursue this path, this journey. But I can say that I am a proponent of a multifaceted approach, Mm kind of like what I said before, allowing people to fail and allowing people to succeed in a variety of things so that they figure out what they're good at and what they can attach to. And if you can do that early, mm-hmm. at least get people to dabble. Yeah. Then you can start. We, I think we, we try to funnel kids too quickly. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, my whole family's teachers, and I know we do this. We try to funnel kids too quickly mm-hmm. and try to make them pick their job at age 11. Yeah. It's too early to do that, but if we can figure out strengths, yeah. then you can start building up strengths as opposed to just letting them go willy-nilly and then when they get to college, they don't know when they change their major nine times and they got mounds of debt. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a balancing act that we have to go down. And thankfully, I had people in my life who were pushing me that way. Yeah. And it definitely sounds like you've you know, definitely reflected a lot of the influences. You've shared a few of them, obviously. I know how big family is for you and just the whole Quackenbush crew, yeah. you know, and um, you know, it's interesting. I actually, I think I was listening to your show earlier this week and you were talking about how your whole family is, you know, you have a family full of educators. Um, but you were like, I, I feel kind of the odd man out because I'm not in education, but you know, I feel like you kind of bridge a gap between the casual sports fan or the casual follower of a team or school and what's actually happening and you you know you kind of get to educate people on this is what's happening this is what you're not seeing things like that um how do you you know take some of the people who have influenced you you know you're almost 10 years in the game at least officially yeah in the game wow that's um, true nine years yeah. 2009 is when i started nine mm-hmm. years wow that's crazy so how have you used that to, I guess, inspire, influence other people who are interested in getting in media? Because I'm sure, like I said, there's a lot of, you know, the next William Qualkenbush is in his living room calling, (laughs) you know, the Warriors-Rockets game or the Cavs-Celtics, you know, with the TV on mute, but not really sure how to get started. You know, like, how, how are you using, you know, the platform that you have to share to others? Well, the first thing, and I'm glad you put it that way, I do, I know I said that, like I'm the, you know, the redhead stepchild, but mm-hmm. I'm a ginger too, so that always makes <laughs> sense, or, or what, what have you, but I, I do feel like a teacher, and I think that helps me communicate. I love leading Bible studies. Mm-hmm. I love teaching the Bible to people, yeah. what, the, the limited amount that I know without a seminary mm-hmm. degree. I, I feel like that's a gift in this that I have, and so when I go in to a show, and I think Kelly's very good at it too, which is why we work, um, that we, we both like to explain what's happening to people who may not know, or they may know and not have the relationships we have right. to get a proper context with coaches and players and administrators and things like that. So I think that's really helpful to mm-hmm. bring it down and to sort of, like you said, bridge the gap. Now, when I started on air as a host, which I started at WCCP for pay, Back in the summer of 2011, which that'll be another podcast too, sure. because that's a series of God things that are just incredible. Just, just for the record, you will be back on this podcast. Oh yeah, that's so, what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. Good. That's so, good. We don't well, have to go. two yeah. topics, so don't don't right. feel like we've got to get everything in on this episode. So you'll be back. <laughs> I mean, I like it was crazy how I like how much faith it took mm-hmm. to just kind of wait on God to work that out. But I, I was a producer first, early in the morning, barely slept for two years. 
And I kind of worked my way up through a series of circumstances. It took some people maybe getting fired and mm-hmm. some things kind of not working out poorly for other people for me to step into that promise. And so when I, when I came on air, one of the first things I said I wanted to do is I want to be a place where my experience can be shared with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So when I was coming through, I had relationships that just got me on air there. As a fill-in, as a guest, as a co-host, whatever it was, as a board op, whatever I could do uh, when people were on vacation or sick or anything like that, I could fill in. Mm -hmm. We have interns in all the time. My show is very welcoming Mm -hmm. to interns because I know that internship, sometimes people intern and I can tell and they can tell this is probably not for me. Sometimes people intern and they think, wow, this is incredible. Kelly started as an intern for us. Mm-hmm. And she says, wow, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. I want to do you know, bigger and better things in this even. And so you know, that, that allowed her to have that experience to help you know, filter down her, her career choices. We also have job shadowers all mm-hmm. the time. We have this pipeline from like five area schools where people are just like, their friends come and they have so much fun and they just want to come and come and come. And I, you know, I, I related back to scripture where, where Jesus scolds the disciples for being too important mm-hmm. or too adult for the kids. And he says, let the children come to me. Don't hinder them. Mm-hmm. In fact, he spends a lot of time in the Gospels teaching about how we should be more like them rather than them trying to get on our level. Mm-hmm. And so I think that keeps us young. It keeps us pure in our show because sports radio can be a little salacious. Like it can be a little nasty and a little grotesque at times. But when there's a kid there, you know, whether it's in elementary school or middle school, and, you know, they got to go back to their parents. <laughs> and sometimes those parents are listeners and sometimes they're not. Sure. Um, it, it keeps us honest about what we're doing. Yeah. And so I, I feel like creating that environment where people are welcome and not just to be there, but to grow while they're there and to get opportunities to explore different things. Um, I've tried to do that so that my experience doesn't just stop with me, that it kind of spreads. Yeah. No, that's really good, man. I, I know... We can go, you know, further and further down the rabbit <laughs> yes, hole of things, <laughs> wisdom. And obviously, you know, as we've shared, you know, us living together for two years, you know, we've had our fair share of these conversations, yeah. but being able to condense it to, you know, less than 30 minutes is definitely a challenge. <laughs> I get three hours every day and I'm worried about condensing to three hours. So <laughs> well, the pressure uh, of doing a 30 minute podcast is like... <laughs> Well, that's I, overwhelming to me. So well, I'm glad you're doing it. What I used to joke with people about when we lived together was I said, you know, the world gets the three hours of out of bounds and I get the other 21 hours because I get right. the stuff that you wanted to say on air, or the stuff that, you know, like, man, if I had more time, I would have talked about this or man, I, we really need to talk about this. Like I you th- get the wide filter. Mm-hmm. So like the unfiltered version, by the time it gets on air, it's like perfect. And people are like, wow, you come up with this stuff off the cuff. <laughs> No, you should have heard what I was yelling about last night. That's yeah. not true. And you also get the, the post-show or the post-game where yeah. sometimes I come in and I'm like, leave me alone for three hours. I don't yep. want to talk to anybody. <laughs> but sometimes it's just it's totally opposite. You, sure. You've seen all that stuff. Yeah. And I know you get the same way with speaking to groups and things mm-hmm. like that where sometimes you're just jacked up, want to share. Yep. And sometimes you're like, I'm mm-hmm. out for two days. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I know you give a lot, but... Um, as with any leader, as with any giver, I always ask, you know, like, how are you being fed? So what, what are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you, who are some of the people you're digesting and, you know, being able to kind of apply to what you're doing already, things like that. Who are some of your people right now lately? Right now I'm reading Judah Smith, Life Is, um, and it's slow. I read slow because I read 
actively. Yeah. Like I'm a very active reader. And so I'm the kind of person that could pick up a Bible and go, all right, I'm about to read four chapters. And I get halfway through a chapter and I go, well, time's up. I better just fly through the second half because I can't just, I can't just like mindlessly read some words. Mm -hmm. I've got to be able to process and think it through. Um, but I love, I love the way he writes simply. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite pastor is Matt Chandler. Okay. I watch his sermons every week. I watch a good amount of sermons, like yeah. An overwhelming amount of sermons. Yeah. Um, I listen to Ravi Zacharias' podcast, mm -hmm. and I listen to uh, like Brian Houston mm -hmm. and uh, Stephen Furtick. I, I like um, uh, I like a lot of the, particularly the leadership things that Furtick throws in, mm -hmm. and sort of the life applications. Um, I really like that. And uh, the rest are just pastors. I just mm -hmm. kind of bounce around different pastors. I, I, David Stein is one of my great influences. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do the Tiger Tailgate show together. And he is actually one of the pastors on staff at Revolution Church down in a suburb of Atlanta. Okay. And um, he gives me great worship music. I love worship music. I'm, yeah. like I said, part-time worship leader. And I love that. And he'll give me great speakers like... There are three or four pastors that you probably, Darius Daniels is mm -hmm. one from New Jersey. I love Darius Daniels and his leadership stuff. Any type of Christian-based leadership material, mm -hmm. I love getting my hands on. And then also, I'm a little bit nerdy, so I like, like John Piper. I read a lot of John Piper, like a lot of, um, like some would say maybe Calvinist theological mm -hmm. perspectives. I think that's just the smart stuff. Mm -hmm. That's where the, <laughs> the scholarship is. Um, those are the kind of things. And then I also... I try to do a pretty good job of, um, you know, staying on top of like storytellers, mm -hmm. like a Tom Rinaldi or somebody like that. They're on yeah. TV or, you know, seeing how different, um, different voices, especially hosts, how they sort of craft narratives in their shows, ESPN, CBS Sports, you know, MLB. I love watching MLB Network because it's mm -hmm. very free flowing in the way they do it. Yeah. And, um, and I also love baseball. So that's great. <laughs> so with all those different voices, it helps me to have a better voice of my own, mm -hmm. I think. And then when I listen to Marty Brenneman, I always, I always pick up good stuff when I listen to Reds games, and I'm always disappointed when he's not on the broadcast. Man, I'm so glad you got a chance to be on the show. Yeah, man. man. Um, like I said, we will definitely do this again. I can already think of just a handful of questions that I wanted to ask, but alas, <laughs> we are running out of time oh did i talk too long I did mean, i talk too long today is, I, is this the first time ever i went over my lot of time well <laughs> uh you tell me <laughs> I, true story when i was speaking to those seniors yep. um at uh, local high school a couple weeks ago it was a, i was so excited i texted like all my family and i said i i had 25 30 minutes and when i got done it was 28 30 and i couldn't believe it i've never gotten inside a time limit ever <laughs> in my entire life Normally, I'm speed talking through the end of my show. Yeah. We never get out on time to breaks and stuff. Like I, I just have a hard time with it. So um, this, this would be a return to normalcy for me. That's cool. That's cool. Well, hey, uh, how can people follow you? How can people find your show? Things like that. This is your chance to drop commercials in. Yeah, um, baby. Go right ahead. Uh, at Qualk Talk. At Q-U-A-L-K-T-A-L-K is the Twitter handle. I try to be family friendly uh but also entertaining and sort of harsh like uh, there's a hard edge to my twitter game especially during the nba playoffs where i, mean, I really i'm, I'm very oh, i'm geez. the pushback against the narrative that lebron is a hapless a, a, you know <laughs> what like a, a guy who just has no role in his his teammates being terrible and then the warriors and how whiny they are i will tweet about those in the next 24 hours i think um you can hear our show, WCCPFM.com, 105.5 FM in the upstate. And then uh, on the TuneIn app, wherever you are, 
Uh, you can hear any broadcast on the Clemson Tigers Network. You can hear me there. Also, I'm fairly active on Facebook as well. Um, I have a backlog of friend requests. But if we have a bunch of friends in common, um, I, I might I might accept your friend requests. And, <laughs> and I try to give a lot of like biblical insight, things that I feel like the Lord's telling me and, and things I feel led by the Spirit to share. So mm-hmm. I try to do that as well um, on uh, Facebook and use it that way. Yeah. And, he, and he, I can publicly affirm you you know like you do a really good job and i'm i'm trust me the two years i lived with you was incredible and just being able to see how you are not just on air but also off air and just be able to have great conversations and like i said you were definitely one of the first people that i wanted to um get you know one of the first episodes of the podcast i'm glad that you're able to make it work i appreciate that brother hey likewise you're a great guy i appreciate that and you're as real as it gets to. I'm glad to have the realists doing a podcast on leadership. That's good because there's a lot of phonies out there doing it. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate oh, yeah. it. So, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. But um, appreciate you tuning in. Um, glad to have you. Hope you got filled. If not, that's on you. Uh, it was a lot of stuff in there that uh, Quark threw out. And, um, heck, I'm going to go back and listen to it and make <laughs> sure I catch a lot of this. But uh, until next time, God bless.